0: Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. Thank you for those faith stories. Um, if anyone here ever preaches, following stories of faith is always a better way than story, following stories of disappointment or loss or if only it be better next time. And I love it when the faith in the room rises. Um, I think it's exciting what God's doing, not just in our nation, but around the world. God is at work, even if sometimes we can't see him. And it was great. I saw in the video earlier, my, my very short hair. I how short that had been shaved. Um, but yeah, the conference is coming. Do get signed up. I was with um, Paul Benger last week in Chesterfield. He runs a fantastic church, Chesterfield, Sheffield, Derby, Icon Church. He's got some great things to share with us. So if you can get yourself booked in in October, we're going to have an absolute blast uh, having a weekend together as a church. It's Good. So Welcome, welcome to you. If it's your first time here, welcome to Freedom Church. Uh, My name is Sim. I have the privilege of being one of the leaders here. Uh, If you're listening on the podcast, people do, believe it or not, you're really welcome. Whatever you're doing, whether you're walking the dog or going for a run, you're welcome to listen to what we've got to say. I want to talk today about Elijah. The last couple of weeks, we've been following this story of Elijah, this incredible man of God. We talked week one, we talked about how do you create a man of God? How do you create a person that loves God? And we talked about um, Elijah in 1 Kings 17, that story where Elijah goes in front of King Ahab and Queen Jezebel and says, it's never going to rain for three, well, he didn't know how long it's going to be. It's not going to rain until I say it's going to rain. And then he runs to the Kerith Brook and he hides away and God works in him and God provides for him. And, and Elijah becomes a man of faith and a man of power and a man of God. And so last week we saw this man of power step up, and the, I love the story. I was a little bit you know, jealous, to be honest, that Tim got to do last week, because I just thought the story of one man versus 450 prophets is just one of the best stories in the Bible, isn't it? It's like, who, whoever, oh, I wish I could be like that Elijah guy, that moment. You know, I, I don't think Tim really hammed it up enough, I'm honest with you, because there was 450 prophets And they are like struggling with their God to kind of pour down fire upon this. And they're there. And I used to love this when I was a child. And I read this in the Bible. I think it's so much fun. And Elijah said, maybe God's gone to the toilet. Is that not in your Bible? Because it's in my Bible. He's teasing them. He's going, maybe your God can't hear you. Maybe he's asleep. Maybe he's gone to the toilet. And as a child, I thought that was the best thing ever. I just thought, wow, the toilet's in the Bible. It's amazing. Brilliant. And there's that great moment where they pour water all over the, you know, the, the, the offering. And the fire of God falls with a prayer. And it doesn't just burn up the offering. It burns up all the stones and scorches the ground. And then the bit we kind of just overlook in our Sunday school lessons is when Elijah slaughters the 450 prophets of Baal. No one ever mentions that bit in the Sunday school lessons, do they? What a lovely story, children. You can go now. No one said, actually, there was the next bit where he goes down and he kills them all. Oh yeah, some of you are thinking, I don't remember that story. Yeah, look in your Bible, 1 Kings 17. It's there. 1 Kings 18, sorry, it's there. But this week, we're going to follow up with the end of 1 Kings 18. And I want to talk today particularly about faith, about being people of faith. I love that phrase that Tim used last week saying, don't follow things that promise what only God can provide. What only God can provide. We, sometimes we chase after something. That people promise us. They cannot deliver what they're saying they can, but God can. God is the one who delivers. And for that, we need faith. We need people of faith. Now, I want to look at the story from the end of 1 Kings 18. You know, I'm, I'm aware that in our society, we have a lot of knowledge. We have a lot of information. We have a lot of books, a lot of stuff online. But we need faith. And, and, and I, I can teach you as a church leader, I can teach you stuff. I can show you rules and regulations and Bible stuff, and we can teach theology. But unless you have faith, it's just stuff. And we need people of faith. And in this story here from 1 Kings 18, we're going to read it through. It's a fantastic story just by itself. We've got some great things to learn from it. Hopefully, you will learn some stuff with me this morning. You up for this morning? Push the person next to you say, it's going to be great this morning. (laughs) Can someone tell me it's going to be great this morning? Thank you, Amber. Anyone else think it's going to be great this morning? Just one person. Two of you. Fantastic. Here we go. One Please, Lord Jesus. Here we go. 1 Kings 18. Then Elijah, uh, then the Lord speaks to um, Elijah in verse, where are we? Verse 41. Then Elijah said to Ahab, this is the King Ahab, here's this faith statement. Go get something to eat and drink, for I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. To those who weren't here two weeks ago, set that scene. It's, it's been dry. There has been no rain. It's been dry in this country for about a week, hasn't it? And someone this morning said, oh, I can't wait for some rain. But imagine for three and a half years of no rain. No rain. And Elijah says this statement to the king, the evil king. Go get something to eat and drink. Get yourself ready. Because I'm hearing a mighty rainstorm. Could he really hear a mighty rainstorm? Could he see anything? He just knew, faith, there's going to be a rainstorm. So Ahab goes off and eats and drinks, but Elijah climbs the top of Mount Carmel. And and this is a really weird, trying to imagine this, I will not be describing this or physically acting this out for you. But Elijah climbs the top of Mount Carmel and bows low to the ground and prays with his face between his knees. My daughter, Mimi, she does gymnastics. She could probably do that. I don't think I could or I should. But somehow Elijah got his face between his knees. Can you imagine it? Not too much, but just imagine it. So there he is, and he is on his knees with his face between his knees. And then he says to his servant, Go and look out toward the sea. The servant went and looked and then returned to Elijah and said, "Uh, I don't see anything. Seven times Elijah told him to go and look. Finally, the seventh time his servant told him, I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand rising from the sea. Then Elijah Elijah shouted, hurry to Ahab, tell him, climb into your chariot, go back home. If you don't hurry, the rain will stop you. And soon the sky was black with clouds. A heavy wind brought a terrific rainstorm. And Ahab, um, and Ahab left quickly for Jezreel. Then the Lord gave special strength to Elijah. He tucked his cloak into his belt and ran ahead of Ahab's chariot for 17 miles all the way to Jezreel. Come on, that's a story. That's a great story, isn't it? What can we get out of that story this morning? We're going to have some fun. Here we go. I, I was, um, I was this week. I was meeting with some church leaders from around the UK, and I was talking to a friend of mine, a guy called Paul. He's a fantastic church in Sidcup in the borough of London, and he was telling me about a guy he met a couple of weeks ago. And for the last 22 years, they've been running a summer event. It's a bit like. Woodley Woodley Green uh, event we run just a couple of weeks ago, but it's like on steroids. So for the last 22 years, they ran this event where they have 2,000 people attending every day, 1,000 children, and there are 300 mums and toddlers. I've seen the buggy part with 300 buggies. It's just insane. And it was promoted as one of the, the best events to go to by The Guardian for free families. They run it for 10 days, morning, afternoon, and evening for 10 days for 22 years. How are you all feeling for that one? Yeah? And then when they finish, they pack up and they go to see their friends in Ramsgate. They set up the next one in Ramsgate, and they stay and serve the team in Ramsgate for another 10 days. How are you all doing? Everyone good so far? Anyway, so this event is brilliant. It's called Lark in the Park, and my friend Paul's been running it for years. And they do this stuff, and they have tea dances, and they have music, and they have kids' programs, and they're always talking about Jesus. And then a couple of weeks ago, uh, my friend was in the community library. With the, the church now runs the local library because the community are going to close it down. He said, we'll run it. Um, it was a bit awkward because it's full of some smutty, dodgy books. But he said, it's all right, we'll run it anyway, don't worry. And, and they've they got this library. And he's in the library. And this guy shouts across at him. He said, Paul, come and meet my wife. Okay? So he goes across and he meets this guy who's been a regular at lark in the park. He's been a volunteer. And he says to my friend Paul, he says, Paul, this is my wife. She used to be dead. What? She died at Christmas. Okay, tell me more. He said, well, at Christmas time, we just finished our Christmas dinner and my wife collapses and she falls on the floor and she stops breathing. And I thought, I just don't know what to do. So I know you talk about Jesus. So I just prayed for her. And I said, Jesus of lark in the park, heal her. (laughs) He said, she sat up. She sat up and he's like, whoa, so I rang, the, I rang 999, which I thought good move, and he rang 999, and he said, "Quick, I help! My wife has collapsed, and she's really not well." And then she collapses again, stops breathing. So he prays again, "God of luck in the park, heal my wife." He's got no idea what he's saying, who he's speaking to, or anything, but he's just going in faith. And she gets back up again. And the next time the, the ambulance arrives, the paramedics come in. She has a third heart attack, and, and the ambulance said she should be dead. She should not survive this level of heart attack. And the guys, I just pray to God of lark in the park. (laughs) Faith. If faith can move mountains. Faith isn't about attending every Sunday. It's about believing in something we can't see. But we believe to be real. I wonder if you ever see yourself as a, a contestant on a reality TV show and someone said, I want to judge you on your level of faith, how would you be scored? If you were on like a TV show and they have like their big red buttons and uh-uh, would you be like winning the competition of faith or would you be lagging behind somewhere? Do you feel like someone full of faith, full of expectation? Or are you, maybe like me, sometimes struggle when you pray going, God, God, will this really happen? The good thing is you're not alone. You're not alone. I, I've got a lovely quote here from a well-known person called uh, the Archbishop of Canterbury, Justin Welby, who says this. It's on the next screen, I believe. There, here we go. This is him. He said, the other day I was praying over something as I was running. I found a picture of him running. There we go. It's true. As I was running, I ended up saying to God, look, this is all very well. It's well-spoken, isn't it? It's all very well, but isn't it about time you did something if you're there? Which is probably not what the Archbishop of Canterbury should say his words. I had the pleasure of meeting Justin Welby um last Easter, and he is responsible for 70 million Christians in the Ankin Church. And yet his humility and his his honesty is amazing. And you know what? We're not alone in our struggles with faith. Elijah, all right, in James 5, Elijah, James, this writer, says these words Elijah was a man just like us. The Elijah that prayed to God and saw fire, boom, hit the ground, burn up all the stones, scorch the ground, then sliced up 450 false prophets, was a man just like us. Elijah got fed by dirty birds flying through the air and dropping some kind of delivery system back in ancient times. was a man just like us. Elijah, the man of faith in this story, who who came up to the king of the time and said, actually, I, 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 I can hear rain. Even though I can't hear anything or see anything, I'm believing it's going to be true. Elijah was a man just like us. Who's encouraged by that statement? Yeah. Elijah, one of the most famous prophets in the Bible. Just like us. You're going, yeah, that's nice. That's amazing. The man of God we've been talking about for the third week now is just like us. Elijah, who, who like people revere and go, Wow. Prophet, man of God, miracle maker, rain maker, amazing guy. Just like us. We've got a chance, people. We've got a chance. Maybe God would use us because we're just like Elijah. Even the Archbishop of Canterbury has faith wobbles. It's going to be okay. I'm not alone. Elijah was a man just like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. I want to share with you this morning four aspects of faith as we look at this story. Number one, Elijah there. Imagine that. Elijah bent down to the ground, his face between his knees. I want to suggest right at the beginning that faith is humble. Faith is humble because faith is agreeing with what God has said it will be. Humility is about agreeing with God. Her humility is saying, God, I don't feel very great, but I trust in your greatness. That I align myself with you rather than how I feel about myself. Humility is not thinking about ourselves any less. It's about thinking about the God who made us and lining ourselves up with him. Faith is humble because it agrees with God. Elijah was humble. Elijah went, you know what? I have got no power to make it rain but I'm going to humble myself before God. I'm going to get on my knees and stick my face between my legs somehow. And I'm going to go, God, you're going to have to come through here because I've just told the king to go and eat and drink because the rain's coming. I've heard the sound of the rain. James 4 said, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Faith is humble. Faith is not this kind of thing you have to kind of grab from the Outside regions and pull them down, you go, Actually, I'm just going to agree with God. I'm going to agree with God that I'm just like Elijah. I'm going to agree with God that the same power that conquered the grave lives in me. I'm going to agree to that statement and be humble before God and trust Him that I will be what He said I will be. Faith is not going, I don't think I can ever become something because someone told my past I never will be. Faith is saying, I'm going to believe what God said I'm going to be. I think this is a better message than some people are responding to. I mean, I know it sounds like an Americanism, but seriously. You go, yeah, I'm a bit like Elijah. We we carry that power. That's faith. Faith is humble. Faith says, you know what, God, that's what you said, I can't feel it, I can't see it, I'm going to just believe it. I'm going to accept it to be true. First thing, faith is humble. Number two, faith, this is going to be a shock for you, faith is invisible. You can't see it. You can't buy it off a shelf. You can't conjure it up if you strain hard enough. Faith is invisible. Faith, the Bible says, is the, in the assurance of things I hope for, the conviction of things not seen. We can't see faith. It's what we hope for, we desire for. So in this story, 1 Kings 18, Elijah says to the servant, he says, go and have a look. Go and have a look. So I need, I need, I need a volunteer here. Who can I have? Uh, a nice, kind volunteer. Um, any volunteers who are looking kind of keen? Come on, Mark, come and help me out. Wonderful. Round of applause please for Mark. <laughs> Can we have a bigger round of applause for Mark, please? Yeah. Thank you. Okay, so Mark, we haven't really got a mountain. We've got a set of steps. If you could run up the set of steps, looking keen, uh, uh, that's wonderful, and come back. And so he said, go towards the sea, he tells the servant. He goes up and looks, and he comes back. Thank you, great looking. You've always been with us. Come down and tell me, what did you see when you went up there, Mark? Tell us, what did you see? I didn't see a great deal. Like, something or nothing? nothing? Nothing. Don't embellish too much. Okay, something. Like, I saw nothing. He saw nothing. Here's the question. Was the servant wrong? I mean, Elijah, the guy that just a couple of verses earlier killed a bunch of people. So when you get told to go and look for something, you come back and say, I've seen Nothing. I'd be a slightly nervous. I might stand further than sword's distance away. What you, he said nothing. But was he wrong? Some of you are thinking this is like a trick question at this point. Was he, was he wrong? Well, I don't know. Maybe he did see nothing. I don't know. What's the answer to him? Tell me the right answer. He saw nothing. He saw nothing because there was nothing. And the truth is, you can just sit on the end there because I haven't finished you yet, just Mark. Wonderful. <laughs> the truth is, everything starts with nothing. The world was created out of Nothing. This church started from nothing. When I tried to put this preach together, I had a blank piece of paper. I had nothing. When you created something new, you started with nothing. When you when you started your family, you started with nothing. When you start your first job, you started with nothing. We start with nothing. And sometimes when we see the nothing, I go, "Ah, that's it then. It's over." But it all starts with nothing. And in this story, Elijah sends a servant up the mountain first of all, and he comes back and he goes, I saw nothing. Maybe you've been told that you will never amount to anything, that you are going to be nothing. Maybe you believe what you've been told. Maybe you've been told by doctors there is nothing we can do. You go, What? Oh, my God does some amazing things with nothing. God can take my nothing and turn it into something. That's what faith says. Faith doesn't say there's nothing. You're right, oh, well, never mind. Faith says nothing's a great place to start. Faith is about saying the God of the nothing can create something incredible. But he doesn't stop. Number three, faith is persistent. Sorry, Mark. faith's persistent. Elijah says to his servant, you know what? That's great. Thanks so much. Go and have another look. He's a great servant. He's very keen to serve because otherwise he might get sliced in half. So he goes running up and he looks towards the sea. Uh, 1 Kings eighteen forty three says, look towards the sea. And he went up and he looks. He comes back and he says, what do you see, Mark? Yes, it is. Correct. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. <laughs> he said, I see nothing. It's a great story. There's nothing there, he said. Seven times lie. I said, go back. Go back. Seven times. Come on. Two. And then down again. What do you see, Mark? Nothing. Great. Let's pretend this is the seventh time. Just pretend. Just work with me here. All right. Now, seven times. Stop. Seven times he goes back up and comes back down again. Seven times. Seven times the people walked around the walls of Jericho. I always think, what was it like the sixth time? When your kids are going, Dad, seriously? The guy's deluded. We have been going for walking for days. And he wants to walk around again seven times on the seventh day. Or Naaman who dips in the river Jordan, the dirty river, and he goes seven times. And he comes up six times. He's still got leprosy. Seriously, you want me to do this again? You know, the story of, of seven times happens over and over again. Matthew 7 reminds us that the Bible says to knock. Keep on knocking, it says. You know, the word is there. Uh, Keep on asking. You will see what you ask for. Keep on seeking. You will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. It's a persistence. Faith is persistent. Faith doesn't go, you know what, there's nothing. Looks like we're done then. Looks like it's over. Looks like I misheard God. I thought I heard the sound of a rainstorm. But now I've realized I was just mistaken. Because I've looked six times. It ain't happening. God says, no, be persistent with your faith. The servant comes back. You thought I'd forgotten him. The servant comes back. And this time, he says to Elijah, what can you see? A small cloud. A small cloud. Wonderful. Yeah, give him a round of applause. Thank you, Mark. A small cloud. And this is the beautiful moment. See, the servant comes back going, it's really small. It's like, to be honest with you, it's tiny. It's a bit embarrassing, Elijah. You're praying for rain, and I can just about make out a small cloud. Now, Elijah has got a different level of faith to the servant. The servant's embarrassed and uncomfortable. Elijah's going, phew, we've got something. We had nothing. That's called progression, Suddenly we've gone from nothing and seeing nothing to persistence and we're going, wow, there's something. This is the story of faith. We mustn't allow what we cannot see to stop us from pursuing that which is unseen. And even when we see something small, we don't stop and go, oh dear, that's never going to happen. The truth is that God is doing more behind our backs than he is in front of our faces. God is at work right now in your lives. You just can't see it right now. Some of you are desperate for God to do something in your circumstances. You think, God, I wish you would do something. He's like, I am working really hard right now. You just can't see it. But when you see it, you'll be going, Oh, thank you so much, Jesus. Like, yeah, that took me a lot of time to line up all those different things to see the breakthrough you're looking for. Faith stops us going, There's nothing, or It's too small. It's going, Actually, God can use the nothing, God can use the small stuff. God is doing something behind our backs that we can't see in front of our faces. You know, if you know stuff about geography, and I really don't because it's a long time since I was at school, but there's the rain cycle, isn't there? That when rain's coming, it's rising from the sea to gather into the clouds. So the cloud comes over the land and then you see the rain fall. All the time the servant went and saw nothing, there was something going on. All the time he came back and said, I I see nothing. That's faith. You see nothing. I'm just believing in God, that he's going to do something. And he sees his hand the size of a man's fist. And this is, this is the beautiful moment. I wonder how many of us would be like Elijah's point. This, this small, insignificant cloud appears on the horizon. And what, is, what does Elijah say? Well, that's good. That's a start. He goes this. He says, uh, verse 44. Um, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising to see. Elijah says, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. And you can imagine the servant going, it's just a small cloud. It's really quite tiny. It's going to be embarrassing if I say to the king, stop your supper, get cracking, because the rain's coming and nothing happens. That's what I'd be feeling if I was the servant. But Elijah goes, go tell Ahab. The rain is coming. The rain is on its way. Number four, faith always starts small. Faith always starts small. Any development starts small. Not only does it start with nothing, it starts with a small something. If you've ever decided to start running, that first time, those of you remember, the first time you leave your house with all good intent, with your brand new outfit on, you look great, but you're just not ready. And you go, out the, you go out your front door and you start running. And you're just a bit embarrassed after about two minutes. You can't run much further. It's just me that's had that experience. And you think, you know what, forget that running thing. It's just not working. Everything starts small. If you want to change your life, you have to start with small changes. And those small things are not insignificant. Faith starts small. Jesus said that faith can be the size of a mustard seed. If you had this faith the size of a mustard seed tiny mustard seed you could say this mountain be uprooted go over there jump in the sea that's what Jesus said faith starts small and we have to learn to celebrate the small beginnings we have to learn to celebrate the small seemingly insignificant starts of our faith journey when I first preached it was really bad you might not think it's not great now, but let me tell you, when I started, it was really bad. I used to do this thing. I used to really sweat loads. I wear glasses. I don't wear them very often, but I used to wear them, and my glasses would just steam up. And, and Lottie will tell you this. and I used to sweat. I'd be so nervous, and 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 all my words would just jumble in together. You might think I talk fast now. This is slow. I would say things that only my family could understand, and everyone listening would be nodding. out. Oh, bless him. He's trying hard. We'll encourage him. Maybe give him another go in about three years' time, you know. And I, I'd, honestly, but someone somewhere, went, you know what? He's got something to offer. Let's encourage him. They saw a small beginning. They had faith in me. Maybe you started with something small. It's not nothing. It may feel insignificant, but five loaves, two fish went a long way. The small boy comes and says, "I've only got this." The disciple Andrew goes. I've just found this little lad's lunchbox. I've nicked it. There's not much in there. What are you going to do, Jesus? And Jesus goes, watch this. This is a story they're going to talk about for years to come. Or what about the little bit of oil? The widow with the oil and every every pot overflowing. God says, you give me a small amount with a, a little bit of faith and see what I can do. We need to start celebrating the small beginnings. Zachariah says, don't despise the small beginnings. You know, when we see... The one or two people getting saved. When we had our weekend away, and five little people get baptised. That's fantastic. Thank you, Jesus. I'm looking forward to the day when we're seeing 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 people getting baptised on one Sunday. I don't want to say, thank you, God, could you stop? I want to say, actually, there's room for plenty more people to get baptised and follow you. But we want to celebrate that which we have and we've started with. I'm so grateful for the church that are here in front of us and go, thank you, Jesus, for those who gathered, who call themselves home at Freedom Church and partners of Freedom Church who talked about our new change and structures and excited by the future. I'm celebrating what God is doing today. And I know God's got more for us. And you can either get frustrated with what you haven't got or celebrate what you have got. And faith says, I'll celebrate what God has given me and I'll trust him with the season of the future. Rather than I will try and negotiate the future with God today, I will celebrate the today and trust God for the future. That's faith. Faith starts small. Faith always starts small. Every great person of faith started small. And maybe you're feeling quite small today. Maybe you're feeling like your part to play is insignificant. If you learn to celebrate the small, God will make what you bring significant. That's what faith does. Elijah shouts to his servant, tell Ahab to get going. Jump on his chariot. Get running because the rain is coming. And there's this lovely image of Elijah who tucks his cloak into his pants. And he runs. At great speed. I mean, it's a miracle. It's 17 miles he ran faster than a chariot. The king's chariot. is probably quite a good chariot. It was probably the top end of the line of chariots. You know, kind of the GX version or whatever it might be. And bang, he goes. Elijah wins the race. Elijah's running. Why? Because the rain's coming. You know, you'd look a bit foolish if you were running to escape the rain and nothing happened. Elijah ran in faith that God was going to provide the rain. He saw the cloud the size of a man's hand. It's a small start. But with faith, all things are possible. You start to see things. They become reality. Have you ever had that experience where um, you've either bought a new car or you start to look at a new car? And suddenly you look around and everyone's driving the same car. Have you noticed that? You know, we, we recently, before Christmas, we bought a new car and everyone seems to be buying the same car or driving the same car. I'm like, wow, our neighbor has got the same car, the same color. We're like, oh, this is strange. Maybe there's some kind of weird kind of, you know, kind of plan going on in the kind of the Internet. And everyone's being told to buy the same car as Simon and Lottie. Or maybe it's just once you've seen something, you start noticing it. When you suddenly see in the cloud the size of a man's hand, you're like, you know what, there's something going on. I'd never seen it before, but now I'm aware of what God is doing. What are the small things that God has put in your life? What does your faith look like? What does your faith look like today? What are you ready for? What are you getting prepared for? Let's get the band up. we have been finished this up today. Wonderful. Elijah, a man just like us. A great encouragement. Who learned to live by faith. By being humble, recognising that faith is invisible, staying persistent. And when he saw something small, realised the rain was coming and it was time to run. As I was preparing this today, I really felt there were some people here today who, for you, you're in a time of dryness. You're in a time of drought. That everyone thinks you're doing okay, but your soul is dry. I'm not asking you to come running out the front. You can if you want to. But there's, you know there's just something that's not quite as it should be. That the world looks, you go, yep, yeah, everything looks sorted. Everything looks great. But you just know God and I are not where we should be. Our, our relationship is not as full as it should be. My faith levels are dry. I want to be absolutely soaked in the Spirit, but I feel a little bit empty. And I'm desperate to see God move. Maybe you feel like, I could never believe God for some of the stories we've heard today. As people shared their experience, they go, I I can't ever see that. God does things with nothing. I love the image of the dry desert. When the rain falls, the plants come up from underneath really quickly. The green takes over really quickly. Why? Because just under the surface... Are the seeds ready to give birth to something new? And I believe you may be in a time of drought this morning. Maybe you're sitting in a time of of uncertainty and unknown. You think, I don't know what's coming next. I feel empty. And God's saying, if you have faith, if you will trust me, I will pour out the rain. I will pour out a storm that will see life start to come up from beneath the surface. That what you can't see, I'm doing something behind your back not see it in front of your face that's the God who we serve that's the God of the faith that we have so I want to just encourage us if you like to stand up for a moment and um, how are we going to do this let's just close our eyes for a moment shall we let's close our eyes because I, I want us to be a church of faith um, to be honest with you this is the second talk I wrote this week the first one wasn't very good it was dry I was bored by the time I finished preparing it and I thought you know what I could I could I could preach this it'll work but I really felt God say to me you've got to preach on faith Sim. because I don't want to see freedom church a church that just knows the rules and the way we do things when we sing when we stand when we sit down when we get our kids in the program when we grab our coffees I want to be a church of faith I want to be a church that says I see something small and I'm going to start running I want to see some people who go, you know, God is giving me something, but it looks like nothing. That's faith. I don't want to be a church that goes, you know what, Sim, you want, to, you want us to build a building, but we need to get all the money in the bank before we ever start digging a hole in the ground. I want to be people of faith that go, let's start digging the ground with no money and just see what God does. Let's see people of faith that believe that he can do something out of our nothing. That's faith.